0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Capaccio, riding solo for this massive 11-game card. We have a ton of games, a ton of studs, potentially a ton of value, a lot of things to talk about. So I'm looking forward to this slate, really looking forward to jumping into things. We're not going to waste too, too much time with this many games to talk about. So let's jump right into it. But before we do, you know what I got to do. Give the quick shout out to our good friends over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over there. Don't know what you're waiting for if you haven't downloaded the app, but in case you maybe you are a first-time listener, maybe you've never heard of them before. Uh, but they're a daily fantasy sports and eSports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available prop bets. Build your lineup each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. You hit up the most props, rack up the most points, and you win a share of the prize pool. Thrive is over 50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA alone and has awarded over $6 million so far. So what do you do? You head over there, you sign up, use the promo code ethos, E-T-H-O-S, when you do sign up, and you receive a 100% keyword here. Instant first deposit match on up to $100. So you get free money immediately deposited into your account to play with. And there's nothing better than free money. Uh, So go over to the App Store, the Play Store, or you can visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. All right, people. My good people. We have 11 games. So it is by no means a small card. So you're going to hear me trim this player pool relatively quickly you're going to hear me cut some teams out cut some games out uh you you could be you know a little bit more aggressive i think in this kind of you know large landscape and large slate you don't need to you can't keep everybody in your player pool you really have to make some tough decisions pretty early on on you know who you think has the most likely uh or likelihood to just pop and who doesn't have upside you know it really depends also on the kind of tournaments or gpps cash games whatever you're playing uh, it's going to take a large factor in, especially when you're playing these 11 games saves. So for the first game of the night, we have Detroit Pistons traveling to Charlotte. They're taking on the Hornets for the Hornets. Vernon Carey is out. P.J. Washington is questionable due to conditioning. And then for the Pistons, Jeremy Grant, Frank Jackson, Corey Joseph, Isaiah Livers, Kelly O'Linick, Trayvon Palmer, Jamarco Pickett, Chris Smith, and Isaiah Stewart have all already been ruled out. As far as a game line in total, 227 and a half game total. Charlotte being favored by nine and a half points in this one. We'll start off here with the Pistons. Uh, they're starting to slowly get a little bit more healthy. I don't want to say you know completely healthy, but they're starting to get healthier. Uh, we saw that Cade Cunningham returned in that game against Milwaukee. Played a whopping 37 minutes, so uh, not one of the players that had you know a limit or anything like that. 8,200 price tag i keep him in my player pool because this matchup is absolutely fantastic. It doesn't get much better on paper. Uh, 8,200 is about appropriate. That's that's where he should be priced. You know, So I, I'm not saying he's going to be one of my top options or a smash slate play, but he's one of those guys where, listen, if I land on him, I don't mind it. And he also has that dual eligibility, which I do like as well. Uh, I do prefer him over Sadiq Bey and over Hamanin Diallo. We're going to start to see these guys' usage come down back down to earth a little bit, knowing that Kate Cunningham is going to lead this team in usage for the most part. Sadiq came out and still had a massive game in that last one where he put up 22 shot attempts against uh, Milwaukee and has three straight games of 50 points. So if you want to, you know, I I don't like to jump on the trains as they're already chugging along, so I'll probably end up taking a pass on Sadiq. Wouldn't fault you if you want to go there. Like I said, this is a a picture-perfect matchup for Detroit. Charlotte is absolutely terrible against three-point shooting. They play at a faster pace than most teams in the league. It's all a recipe for DFS and just for fantasy in general that you want to kind of target. So, wouldn't fault you one bit if that's the route you want to go. I just don't see myself going there much. I'll, I'll mostly be looking at Cade. And then in the front court, I think we can look at Trey Lyles. Uh, he's 4,700. He has dual eligibility at power forward and center. He should continue to see at least 30 plus minutes, and is what I'm expecting. Uh, you know, Garza. Not the not the uh, the same kind of tier I would say as Lyles. I think Lyles is a little bit ahead. Neither player is absolutely fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But with this matchup, you got to give everybody a little boost. So for the most part, it's gonna be Lyles and Cade Cunningham for me. On the other side of the ball, looking at these options that we do have, just as good of a matchup for Charlotte going against Detroit. Yes, it's a little bit of a down pace spot, uh, but we know Detroit is battered and bruised right now. You know they they're missing a lot of their bodies and. This seems like it's a good bounce-back game for Charlotte. So looking at Lamella Ball at 9,600, there are a few studs I do prefer over him. Nonetheless, don't be scared off by those box score games. It's not very often that Lamella Ball will rack up three assists and seven rebounds over a two-game span. Uh, I, I'm expecting a really big bounce-back. He actually makes for one of my favorite spend-up pivots. So if you're trying to get a guy with a little bit of lower ownership, because some people do box score chase, uh, that's the spot to do it. And outside of him, I think this is a great spot for Miles Bridges at 7,100. Absolutely exploded in that last game for 58.5 DK points. Had a lot of across-the-board numbers. Finished with 23 points, 14 boards, four assists, one uh, one block, four steals. So that's the kind of production he does offer, and it's the minutes that I'm, I'm most intrigued by. He played 42 minutes. He's only been back for two games, and he had one where he only played 26. So he's looking back at a full workload with Lamelo and him playing. They both just kind of you know are in sync. Uh, one of the best, you know, tandems, I guess you could say when it comes to fast breaks. So I'm absolutely interested in both those guys. I don't, I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go to, you know, a guy like a Kelly Oubre at 57 or, you know, Hayward, one of these uh, wings. I just don't see myself landing on them. They're nothing more than GPP plays, uh, at best, but it's a great matchup. I think for the first, you know, two, three games that we're going to talk about, they, they are fantastic games to target On to the next one. Houston Rockets traveling to Washington. Taking on the Wizards in this one for the Rockets, Armani Brooks, Usman Garuba, and Alfarin Sangoon, all ruled out. For the Wizards, Thomas Bryant, Spencer Dinwiddie, Anthony Gill, Rui Hachimura, Montrezl Harrell, Aaron Holiday, Brad Wanamaker, Treymont Waters are all ruled out as well. As of right now, this game looks like it's coming in at a 222 game total, Washington being favored by six and a half points. We'll start off here with Houston. Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood both off of their suspensions. Uh, You know, there's an interview with Kevin Porter Jr. saying he has a great relationship with uh, Coach Steven Stylus, and he's really looking forward to kind of turning the page and and not really looking back. Uh, On paper, I love this spot for him. I love the price for him. I love everything about him in this. There's obviously going to be some risk associated with him and Christian Wood knowing that who knows what their workload looks like, but. Keep your eye on it because if these two guys are going to start or you know not have their minutes limited in any way, shape, or form, I'm playing them. Uh, they are absolutely fantastic price tags. Christian Wood should not be 6,200. Kevin Porter Jr. He should probably be a little bit more than 66, but we know this dude has triple-double upside, and we know what his ceiling is. We've only seen one of those ceiling games over the past five, but there's point. There's been points and times where he's strung together, you know, three to four straight 35 plus DK points, upwards of 50. So, obviously, these two guys are going to be in my player pool. There's just going to be some risk associated with them because, you know, maybe they're still in the doghouse. But from everything I'm reading, it sounds like they're going to try to turn the page with these two and give them their best shot. You know, benefit of the doubt, I guess you could say. Outside of them, I think Garrison Matthews at 4,200 is still in play. He came back and played his first game against Philly and played 30 minutes. So, no concern about the minutes there. Obviously, he's going to have some usage as well. He took 10 shot attempts. Managed to knock down four of eight, so I don't expect him to shoot fifty percent from three every game, but it's also not out of the ordinary because he's an excellent three-point shooter. But forty-two hundred, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of value. So I guess it really depends on how you're attacking it with the exposure on this game. Uh, you know, I don't say I think I would play all three of those guys together unless you know you're running back a serious game stack on the other side of the ball as well. But I think it, if I had to rate my plays, it'd be Wood, Porter Jr., and then Garrison Matthews uh, in that order. On the Washington side of the ball. Bradley Beal coming in at 10-5. I'll continue playing Beal. As long as Spencer Dinwiddie's out and they're missing Aaron Holiday uh, and they're missing a lot of these other guards, I think Beal is an absolutely fantastic option. Now, granted, Bravo Neto is back. He's out of protocols. He is expected to play. There's a decent chance he could draw the start for this. Uh, I'm not too sure how they're going to do this. They might want to just either stagger their minutes or take Nettle off the bench. That way they have a backup ball handler. Uh, Beal's been doing you know, pretty great uh, playing point guard. So I do anticipate that he's still going to see a fair amount of share, uh, share of minutes there. So I think Bradley Beal at 10-5, he's probably going to end up being one of my favorite spend-ups. It's For everything I said about Detroit going against Charlotte, it's the same thing for Houston. Absolutely terrible defense. Up-paced game for Washington. More shot attempts than these guys would normally see. More rebounding opportunities. Everything. So I think Bradley Beal at 10-5, absolutely one of my favorite plays in this game uh, and on the slate in general. I'll be all over Bradley Beal. And then Kuzma, 7,700. You know, I, I haven't played him during this monster stretch. A 66 and a half, 53 and a half, and then 44 point game. The usage is there. Uh, at 7,700, I kind of feel like I'm chasing, but he does have small forward eligibility, which I do like a lot. I'm not crossing him out of my player pool just yet. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll use them as a pivot in lineups where I don't have Beal, or maybe I'm doing a little bit of a mini-game stack. I can get these two guys together. But it also feels like, you know, very similar to, uh, like, the Sadiq Bay scenario I talked about earlier. I don't like to jump on bandwagons uh, after three hot stretches because we've seen plenty and plenty of poor games from both those guys where all it takes is a rough shooting night. And if I know or I have a, uh, any inclination that they're drawing a ton of ownership, sometimes it just makes more sense to fade in that spot. We have 11 games. You know, you can easily fade him and play somebody for three, four hundred dollars less that does better or just as good at much lower ownership. And immediately you're going to be ahead about, you know, a decent chunk of the field. Daniel Gafford's the other guy I'm looking at. Sixty four hundred. As long as Montrezl Harrell's out, we're going to have interest in Gafford. He has four straight thirty three point DK games or more. Had a big one against Charlotte in that last one. Not one of my favorite centers uh, on the slate necessarily. I think if I know Christian Woods not facing any sort of restrictions, I prefer Wood over him. But certainly those, uh, those three players are all going to be in my player pool without a doubt. Probably not going to go to anybody else here. i usually getting a little bit priced up after a big 39-minute game. Played a uh, you know, solid workload. It's was really carried by his assists and steals, which I just don't think are sustainable. I think I'm a little bit of out of the ordinary for his play style. But those are the options I'm looking at. On to the Philly game, they're traveling to Orlando, taking on the Magic here. For the Magic, Cole Anthony is questionable. He's missed the past few games. Michael Carter Williams, Markel Foltz, Jonathan Isaac, Robin Lopez, Etwan Moore, Jalen Suggs, all ruled out. Mo Wagner is questionable. And then for the Sixers, Tyrese Maxey, Shake Milton, Paul Reed, Ben Simmons, Jaden Springer, all rolled out. While Miles Powell is questionable. On to the game line for this game. It's coming in at 210 and a half game total, seven and a half point spread. So this is going to be one of the lower game totals of the night that we're going to talk about. But look at that Philly. We saw that Cork Korkmaz drew the start in that last one. He was dirt cheap, ended up blowing up and being a must-have player on the slate. It was only 3,300, put up over 50 DK points. Uh, he's an option at 4,700. Again, getting a big price boost. I don't expect 50 again. I think we're looking at probably about a high 20s, maybe low 30s. Obviously, he has that upside, but at that price tag, you know, it almost, I'm not saying fade, but just proceed with caution. Uh, I expect him to be highly owned, just coming off of a massive game. People are going to see that it's not very often that this dude goes out there and grabs 11 rebounds. He also shot 8 of 14 from the field that day, which is significant. Uh, And six assists is also not what I would say, it wasn't a normal game, needless to say. Uh, he played fantastic. Some in di- some days, some guys are just hot on certain times, and it's great when you can catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, but never want to try to bank on it two games in a row if it's so out of the ordinary. Like if someone comes in shooting, you know, nine of ten, you know, I don't, I don't bank on them shooting 90% the next game. But obviously, he's still in my player pool at that price tag. It's still comfortable. We're looking at, like I said, probably about 28 DK points is what I imagine. So at 4,700, there's still some meat left on the bone. Joel Embiid coming in at 11-2. I probably won't be spending up on Embiid despite his great games. Triple-doubled in that last one against Houston. I didn't have any shares. Very transparent. Uh, wasn't a good night for me that night overall. But I, I don't love this game. I don't love this matchup in general. Uh, it's a fine matchup for Embiid, don't get me wrong. I uh, just don't love the game total and the whole environment with 11 games on. A lot of guys we could spend up on. Just don't see myself going to Embiid too much. But then again, I won't fault you if you want to make that trip because the dude's an absolute stud. Is getting a ton of usage. Uh, only other option, the only other guy I'd like to talk about would probably be Seth Curry at 5,800. With Shake Milton ruled out, Tyrese Maxey ruled out, they're going to have to do a lot of point, uh, a lot of point Curry in this one. So I think he's a good option at 58. He's probably going to end up being one of my favorite options on this team. For the Orlando side of the ball, we got to wait on Cole Anthony. If Cole Anthony plays, uh, it's going to take some of the value that we've been playing out of this. You know, Tim Frazier hasn't been really producing much at all. Uh, even in the games where he's getting 30 minutes, he's only getting about 25 to 22 DK points. So probably no interest there at a big site like this. We'll have better value that crops up. RJ Hampton coming in at 4,600. He is an option. Now, we want to see that Cole Anthony's ruled out. But if that happens, yes, we can go back to the well with him. And same thing with Terrence Ross at 49. Uh, him and corkin are very interchangeable, very similar type players. I actually think, uh, depending on obviously the news with Cole Anthony, I think I prefer Terrence over cork Moss, but if Cole Anthony plays, I'd rather play Quark Moss. Uh probably the only real guys I'm looking at. I'm not going to be targeting this front court going against Joel Embiid it's very easily. Uh, these guys could find themselves in foul trouble. I think that Mo Bamba price tag is very enticing at fifty seven hundred. But hasn't played significant minutes since he's been back for the first two games. Maybe it changes in this one, but not the matchup I like to target in uh in general on anyway. Fourth game of the night, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time games. We're out of those 7 o'clock start-time games. San Antonio Spurs traveling to Boston, taking on the Celtics. For the injury report, Romeo Langford, Aaron Naismith, Jabari Parker, all questionable. Uh, Robert Williams is probable. Broderick Thomas is ruled out. Spurs on the second half of back-to-back. We do not have their injury report, but from what we know, uh, it sounds like DeJounte Murray is going to be able to play in this one. So it's going to take Derek White off the table for me at 7,200. Uh, it's probably going to take a lot of these guys off the table, to be honest, Devin Vassell at 43, probably pass on there as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts again, don't get me wrong. Uh, Trey Jones will probably shift right back to his bench role. So Vassal 43 is not a terrible price tag. Uh, just, I just don't see myself going there all too much. I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to, but he'd probably be the one guy, uh, I'd be looking at on this first team and Yaka uh, hurdle again, fantastic matchup. They're going to need his size in the front court. But he's, he's either bo- – I would to say he's boom or bust. He's got a pretty safe floor. But on an 11-game site, getting 30 to 33 DK points isn't going to get it done for us. We're going to need, like, one of those 40-point ones. Uh, and I think we have better setter options. I think I prefer Gafford over him. Very similar price tag. So just don't see myself falling on Pirtle. So not too much for the Spurs over here for me. It's going to be the same thing with the Celtics. Tatum out of the health and safety protocol. So Jalen Brown's going to be a little overpriced at 9700 Robert Williams back kind of takes Horford out of the picture for me. Uh, and then Dennis Schroeder now is – Probably going to come back up to the bench. So normally I, I would have said, you know, smash that short, uh, shorter price tag at 5800 But I'll probably avoid this Boston Celtics team pretty much in general. They're fully healthy. Don't think I need to look at them. On to the next game. Golden State Warriors traveling to Dallas, taking on the Mavericks in this one. For the Mavs, Trey Burke is questionable. Willie Cauley-Stein, Boban, Chris Topps, and Isaiah Thomas are all ruled out in the health and safety protocols. For the Warriors, Andre Godal is questionable. Clay Thompson ruled out. James Wiseman ruled out. It looks like Klay Thompson will return this weekend, though. They're saying he'll have his minutes limited for the first game, 15 to 20. So just a little tidbit, heads up, don't play Klay Thompson in his return. Listen, he'll probably get 15 shot attempts in that amount of time, but you never want to bank on those kinds of minutes. Uh, for game total and the spread, we're looking at a rock solid 209 and a half game total. Golden State being favored by four and a half points. So again, another one of those lower type game totals. Starting off here with the Warriors, I probably won't be say, saying this often, but I, I'm not playing Steph Curry at all. Again, a lot of options we can spend up on. I think I prefer Bradley Beal over him. I think Draymond at 72 is interesting, though. Uh, if I had to play one person, it would probably be him. He has back-to-back 44 DK point games. Yes, they're granted, they're about you know, 11 or 8 days apart, whatever that is. My math, uh, 9 games. There we go. nine or 9 days apart. But he looked active in his first game back against Miami. Stolen out a whole lot of assists. The defensive numbers have really kicked up over the past month, which is something that we weren't really seeing from him early on in the season. And it doesn't sound like much, but if he can rack up even like one steal or one block more than he was earlier in the season, elevates his floor by a good amount. And I think 7,200 is just slightly slightly too cheap for him. So absolutely on board with Draymond Green. Uh, not too much else I'm looking at over here. Jordan Poole is coming off of a monster 32-point actual game. Shot 70% in that one. Just don't love this whole game environment. I wouldn't be going to play multiple guys in here. It's not a game stack that I'm really enticed by. Uh, Looking at the Mavs here, my boy Luka Doncic back in action the past two games. Put up 62 DK points in that last one with 15 assists, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 4 steals. Had an absolutely monster game, even though he struggled from the field. Uh, Only played about, you know, only shot about 39%. But... Luca is in play. I prefer him over Curry. Uh, I prefer him. He's probably right in that top three of studs I'm going to be playing. Uh, I think I still slightly prefer Beal, ever so slightly. But luca has got probably a little bit of a safer floor than Beal, I would say. Outside of them, though, that's it. I, I think we could take advantage of a little value with Maxi Kleber at 3800 Not the highest of upsides, but 3800 is a cheap enough price tag as long as Chris Stapps Porzingis is ruled out. He should see plenty of time at the 4 and the 5. So those are the only two guys I have any real interest in. Sixth game of the night, Brooklyn Nets traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. Pacers in the second half of back-to-back. LaMarcus Aldridge is questionable. Joe Harris is ruled out. Otherwise... This team is good to go. We should see the return of Kyrie Irving. It is an away game. So buckle up for that. It's obviously going to affect everybody. we got to monitor and just, I guess, see what happens with this team. But it's a half game total. Brooklyn is being favored by 3.5 points as of right now. Uh, no real discounts on these guys. Durant at 10-8, Harden at 11-1, Irving at 8-9. It is a good price tag for Irving, but I want to see what his role looks like as far as minutes wise. Do they just rush him back in and let him play a full allotment? Do they ease him back after a few games? As you play around that twenty five to twenty six, which is what I expect. But it's pretty much going to take everybody off the off the board for me. I mean, we we can't really trust Patty Mills as much anymore. He's coming off of an absolute stinker of game, uh, complete goose egg. Shot zero of six. All he did was get one assist. So uh, I am sorry if you played Patty Mills in that last one. That hurts. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't see myself going to much of anybody, uh, you know, maybe a dart throw at Nick Claxton, cause they're going against a big, front, uh, big front court. They're going to need some size in there. 5,100 is an okay price tag, about appropriate. So I'm not going to go crazy On to the Pacers side of the ball. There continues to be value with a lot of these guys out. We know that, you know, I think Brogdon is out of the protocols and they're saying he's still going to miss the next two games due to conditioning, but Lavert, Duarte, TJ Warren, uh, Jeremy Lamb's out of his protocols as well, but they're expecting him to miss the game. TJ McConnell's still sitting out some games, so there's going to be some value available. There's going to be some shot attempts that go around. Yeah, I'll, I'll continue to play. Uh, you know, Mr. Washington Jr. He's been absolutely tremendous. Uh, and know, maybe "tremendous" is the wrong word there, but the price tag hasn't really moved on him. It's 3,800, so it's still in a value range. He's getting shot attempts. Uh, I haven't really checked his box score tonight. I know I had a few shares of him, but 17 and 10 in the past uh, two over the past two games. That's all I need to see for a guy at 3,800. They don't have a traditional point guard. Uh, They've been playing Kiefer Sykes there, who, again, he's another guy that is certainly in play at 3,300. So it really depends on how you need that $500. I prefer Washington just because he's a little bit more aggressive. But Sykes should see plenty, plenty of minutes as well. So both those guys certainly in play. And then if you want to look at Sabonis, it's a good bounce back spot for him. He struggled pretty mightily tonight. But it's a decent enough matchup that he could take advantage of. I can actually see one of those bigger rebounding games from him. Uh, before the struggles of tonight, he had three straight games with at least 53 DK points or more. Not one of my favorite studs. I think I might even prefer Lamella over him, but he'd probably be like fourth or, yeah, probably about fourth on that list. Uh, maybe fifth, depending, because we've got 11 games. we got a lot of guys to talk about, but he'd probably be fourth or fifth on that list for me. On to the next one. Only five games left. We are absolutely cruising. It's about 22 minutes in. We're going to try to make this a 40-minute podcast if we can. Toronto Raptors. Traveling to Milwaukee, taking on the Bucks. For the injury report on the Bucks: Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez all ruled out. Semi Ojeley, Jordan Nwora are questionable, as well as Thanasis Antetokounmpo. And then, as far as a game total and a spread, we're looking at a two. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong one. Two twenty-four and a half game total. Milwaukee being favored by eight and a half. So, we'll start off here with Toronto. Fred Van Vliet, he was probably one of my highest owned options on tonight's slate. He did not disappoint. I uh, don't like this matchup as much, though. Going against Drew Holiday is not something I tend to pick on. So, I don't see myself going there all that much, but I wouldn't fault you if he did. Again, I think I prefer LaMelo for only $100 more. There's just more risk associated with LaMelo. We've seen his down games, could be 24, 25 DK points. Fred Van Vliet has a much higher floor, but I think LaMelo's ceiling I don't even want to say it's higher, but he'll hit, hit that ceiling, I think, a little bit more often. Uh, and especially have, probably have a lower ownership. Like I can see a lot of people kind of stacking this game up and getting chairs on both sides. Uh, outside of Van Vliet, I think Sacklem's a little bit too expensive, despite his great form of late. Scotty Barnes at 8K. I'm, I'm interested to see on how they attack Giannis, because on, def, on defense, uh, on defense, defensively, because they're probably going to throw a lot of OG and Scotty at him. And now this... Could be great for their value. It could wear them down on the defensive end, so then we see them less aggressive on offense. Could get them into foul trouble. This can go many different ways. I think I prefer uh, OG at 7400 get that $600 discount. I think that we're going to start seeing OG ramp up his aggressiveness uh, in coming games. You know, he's only played one game since he returned, but played significant minutes. Uh, I'm sorry, two games since he returned. But we haven't seen any of those, like, you know, 20-shot attempt games like we were seeing early on in the season. So. Those are going to start to come back. He is going to be probably second, maybe third on this team in shot attempts, only behind Van Fleet and Siakam. And I can see him and Siakam, you know, jockeying back and forth for the, the you know, second in the team on usage kind of feel. So OG is going to be my main target on this side of the ball. And then Gary Trent Jr. makes for a good pivot. We know that Milwaukee struggled against three-pointers, and it's been a recipe for actually trying to take them down in the past. I think he draws the probably the easiest matchup defensively for this Toronto team. On the Milwaukee side of the ball. A lot to like over here, in my opinion. I think we can look at a lot of these guys. Giannis at 11.6, 6 absolutely. He is certainly in play. Uh, just expecting this game to be somewhat close. And if you're going to tell me Giannis is playing 35 minutes, he's absolutely in play. Sign me up. 11.6. 6 he's one of those guys I was mentioning. Right in that Beal category as one of my top studs. So I absolutely have some shares of Giannis. And then if you don't play Giannis... You could even look at getting one of these other guys, whether it's Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton, but uh, Middleton just hasn't looked right all season, so I'll probably lean more Holiday, but even then, now you're getting into a different range of point guards where you could certainly look at other options, so uh, I'll probably mostly keep my shares, to Giannis, and then I think it's also a rock-solid spot for Bobby Portis. We haven't seen one of those monster games over the past few ones, uh, but at 6400 it's a fantastic price tag, and he gets right into that gaffer territory, but could draw lower ownership. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Oklahoma City Thunder traveling to Minnesota taking on the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are both questionable. I think that we do see them play. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns posted a little gif the other night or meme, I guess you could say, whatever whatever one it was. Makes me sound old when I can't understand it. Uh, Where it was doing the Vince McMahon walk where he's coming out like he's ready to play. He ended up sitting that game out, but that let me know that his return is impending. So I, I'm kind of expecting these guys to play. And then for the Thunder, Lou Jens Dort and Jeremiah Robinson Earl are both ruled out. Looking at this game total, not the highest of game totals of the night. Two ten and a half. Minnesota being favored by eight and a half points. I don't love this game, but I can definitely see one or two players just kind of popping. Uh, Shea out of the protocol. So Josh Giddy. Coming off of a triple-double, the youngest player to ever do it. Put up 66.75 DK points. Don't see that happening necessarily again with Shea back in the lineup. And with that being said, it kind of takes uh, Ty Jerome out of play for me. I just don't like a lot of these options that we're looking at here. So I'll probably pass on the Thunder for the most part. Outside of maybe a Shea pivot here and there. But I just don't see myself going to them all too much. Now, if Carl anthony Towns is ruled out, we go right back to the Nas It's just that simple. Anytime Carl Anthony Town sits, you could look at Nasri. Unless he's like 6K, Well, that's, when, that's the only point in time you're going to have to think about this. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about who I definitely have some interest in would be Jared Vanderbilt. Don't love the price tag. Kind of wish he was like 4 or 5. But the minutes are starting to increase, and we've seen him put up plenty of uh, double-doubles in the past. He's starting to get back into form after missing a week or two. So those are the main two options I will be looking at and considering. But I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go elsewhere. Next game, Utah Jazz traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets. Got to keep an eye on the Jazz. Uh, We'll we'll talk about their injury report in just one second, but it sounds like they may be resting some players. Uh, It's pretty crowded over here. Hassan Whiteside, Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gobert, Bojan Bogdanovic, all questionable. Joe Ingles has been ruled out because of the health and safety protocols. And then for the Nuggets, Black Kankar, P.J. Dozier, Jeff Green, Marcus Howard, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. all rolled out. Michael Porter Jr., I guess, said that he's in a good place right now with his back. Doesn't mean he's returning anytime soon. Uh, it just means that he's got a nice little positive mindset. And then Austin Rivers questionable with the right thumb sprain. And Zeke Nagy is in uh, the conditioning, I think, phase of the health and safety protocol. So should be around the corner, might not be this game. Now, there's a lot to keep an eye on for this Jazz team. You know, with all these guys on the injury report, it may just be the Donovan Mitchell show, Uh, Mike Conley. It looks like, for the most part, it looks like the backcourt should be available. That's from everything I'm seeing Now, they don't always list Mike Conley if he ends up resting. If they rest everybody, they might just opt to rest him as well. They did just trade uh, Mia Oney, the Yale, stud at Yale, I believe he played, but. This is going to be where you can easily get a hold of some value. Um, you know, I, I think Jordan Clarkson at 5,700 would be a great option if all these guys end up sitting. Sign me up there. Uh, if Rudy Gobert sits and Whiteside plays, I think we could definitely look at Whiteside. Uh, he's He was in the concussion protocol, so I don't know if they're going to necessarily – if he's able to play, I don't think it's anything that needs to ramp up. I think he just slides right back in there, and at 3,500, he'd be one of my top value plays if he starts. So mostly, it would probably be Mitchell. Decent amount of Clarkson. A whole lot of Whiteside if there's no Gobert. And probably about it for the most part. Those would be my three main options. Um, if we do see that, you know, Royce and Ingles. Well, we know Ingles is ruled out. But if Royce and happens to sit too, it would also put Eric Pascal in there uh, at a solid 3K price tag. So we really just need to monitor this game. Unfortunately, we're not going to have any of the news by the time lineups lock. So make sure if you are targeting any of these guys. You have them in the lower half of your lineups. That way, you it gives you the most optimal, you know, allotments to switch to. You're not stuck there trying to figure out who to play at Like small forward with limited games left, uh, you can do it at utility. You can do it like, you know, if I'm playing white side, he's going to be in my utility spot. It's going to be a double center lineup. I'm not just going to put all my eggs in one basket and hope that Rudy Gobert sits. Now, granted, we could have this news early enough where you might be able to do that. Looking at the Denver side of the ball, Jokic. 12K, I think I prefer Giannis over him. Um, I'll probably end up with even a little bit more Beal. So I don't think I'm going to end up going to a ton of Jokic now. If Rudy Gobert does get ruled out, that may change things where we could consider him. And it would all of a sudden become a fantastic matchup because he would absolutely roast Hassan Whiteside. Uh, Not really looking at a whole lot over here. I think, you know, we can continue to play a little bit of Will Barton here and there. Gives us a nice solid floor. The upside hasn't been anything special overall. Uh, and then Compazza, we you know, we got that monster game out of him. That was very, very out of the norm for him. Uh, it's not very often that he's giving a take 11 shot attempts, let alone hit 64% of them. So it would really just be Barton and a couple of shares of Jokic for me. And I'll probably call it a day right there. I don't think we need to go crazy over here. On to the final two games. The Atlanta Hawks traveling to Sacramento, taking on the Kangs for the injury report. Atlanta, Bogdan Bogdanovich, John Collins, Gorgie Dang, Solomon Hill, DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson, and Justin Tillman all ruled out. Cam Reddish is questionable, along with Trey Young. Uh, I expect Trey to play. Cam Reddish is kind of up in the air for this one, so keep your eyes out for that. And then as far as a game total and a spread, we're looking at 229.5, Sacramento being favored by one. So maybe, just maybe they know something I don't about Trey, because... That would be the main reason why that line is so close, in my opinion. We'll start off here with the Hawks. If there is no Trey Young, uh, we can go right to Kevin Werder. We can go right back to DeLon Wright. I think both those guys would be fantastic plays if Trey sits. Uh, If Trey plays 10-7, he's in play. Uh, Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, this dude's just been lightning in a bottle over the past, like, month. I can't even say, like, a couple games. I know he's coming off of the biggest game, DK game he's ever had, where he put up 85 fantasy points. 56 real-life points and 14 assists. Uh, dude was sporting an insane usage rate that game. Uh, hit 7-12 three-pointers. Yeah, he's in play if he plays. There's no doubt about it. We know that the Sacramento team's defense is nothing to be scared of whatsoever. And I even think, you know, looking at Clint Capella, not very often he's going to shoot 10-10. But they've been pretty poor against centers all season long Sacramento. And they're most likely still going to be without Rashawn Holmes. They are in the second half of a back-to-back, that Sacramento team. So there's no injury report yet. But I imagine Rashawn Holmes is not clearing the protocols just yet. He's still going to be out. But that's kind of what I'm looking at. I think Trey and Capella are in play regardless. If Trey sits, Flawn Wright Kevin Werder would be my main options I'm looking at. And you can even slide a little Gallinari in there for some value. He's in play either way as long as John Collins still remains out. He played 35 minutes against Portland. Uh, did not shoot well at all, 3 of 14, but even shooting 3 of 14, still managed 26.25 DK points. On the Sacramento side of things, I'll go right back to the well with Damian Jones, 4,200. They've been hyping this kid up all season long. He's played himself into that backup center role and as is not shying away from the opportunity. So uh, we're not barely seeing any Tristan Thompson. Rashawn Holmes is still out. Alex Len, you know, is pretty much like an afterthought. He plays like once every blue moon, it feels like. But it's Damian Jones is the guy that you really want to target at the center position for this team. So, absolutely, sign me up. Damian Jones, he'll be one of my favorite concrete value plays that I'm not really worried about. And then I don't mind looking at the Aaron Fox. Uh, Trey Young plays. We know he's got very, very porous defense. This should be an up-paced game for Sacramento going against this Hawks team. He's down to 7K now. So, I had a good amount of him in tonight's slate just going against that you know Lakers team that struggles against point guards. Atlanta's very similar. Uh, Not the best team against point guards, so sign me up. I'd be good looking at Damian Jones, De'Aaron Fox. Final game of the night, Miami Heat traveling to Portland, taking on a battered and bruised Trail Blazers team. Blazers, we know Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Cody Zeller, all ruled out. Larry Nance Jr. in the health and safety protocols is doubtful. And then for the Heat, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Dedman, Marcus Garrett, Udonis Haslam, Markeith Morris, KZ Akpala, Victor Olodipo, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. They are all ruled out. So this Heat team really struggling to stay healthy this year. Jimmy went down with that ankle injury. Did not look good. I would expect that we miss at least a week of Jimmy. 214 game total. Portland being favored by one somehow. Despite everybody being out, that's their big hitters, I guess. Uh, we'll start off here with Miami I think there's a lot of good value in this game especially with Jimmy out so Tyler Hero 6900 absolutely good with that don't mind that price tag whatsoever hasn't had a big explosive game since Washington but this is a great spot for this team I think that you know this is going to be like a little bit of a back and forth and high scoring game Uh, I would probably take the over on the game total so I'm look I'm good with looking at Kyle Lowry I'm good at looking at Hero Uh, I think we could end up seeing a decent amount of Caleb Martin. So at 4,500, he would probably be one of my favorite value plays uh, in under that 5K range. But, you know, again, a solidified, solid one. We don't need any news. We're not waiting on anything. You could just feel comfortable about playing a guy like that, which is sometimes it's great, especially when it's in the final game of the night. So you can even play him. And if you're, you know, you wanted to hop off him as news adjusts, I'll probably have a good amount of shares of him. Those are the three guys I'm mainly looking at. Don't mind looking at your seven. Uh, I've been playing this guy a whole, whole lot. 6500 a comfortable price tag so he really gets like thrown into the mix with guys that we've already talked about like Bobby Portis and Gafford I mean the upside is going to be there he should see a few extra shot attempts if i had to you know kind of pinpoint where i like these guys it's very very close i think Gafford's probably coming in third uh, but he's probably also one of the safer of the options your 7s has been rebounding the ball like a monster i'd probably put him Neck and neck with Bobby Portis uh, as the ones in there. And it's it's splitting hairs. I think all those guys are rock-solid options if you're looking at, like, a mid-6K center guy. Uh, on the other side of the ball, looking at this Portland team, Norman Powell's up to 7K now. A little bit of a price increase. Uh, he put up 47.5 DK points against Atlanta. He's in play. Uh, we know that the usage is going to continue to be there for him. He only had 13 shot attempts, but he knocked him down at a 70% clip almost. Norman Powell is a very, very efficient scorer. Uh, We're seeing the defense there, four steals, two steals, one steal. We're getting everything that we want to see. So 7K, it's solid. I don't see myself spending up really at that small forward position. I see myself having some Caleb Martin and some of these other options that we've ever talked about. But I'm not going to take him off my player pool yet. And then obviously, I think Anthony Simons at 5,300. He's going to be extremely chalky. A lot of people are going to play him. So it almost makes sense to probably be underweight on him. I'm not going to completely fade him. He has dual eligibility, which I absolutely love. But I could see myself being a little underweight on him based upon ownership and depending on how my lineup builds go. Certainly in play, though. Don't 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 take this as I'm saying, you know, don't play Anthony Simons. Certainly in play. We just saw the upside. Uh, only other guy I'm really looking at would be Nassir Little. I expect to see increased minutes from him, especially knowing that he could play a little bit of the four. But pro- we probably end up seeing Bob Cove start this game at uh, 4,400. Covington's just not the most trustworthy. Uh, but Little, we'll see increased usage. We'll see increased minutes. Uh, I expect this to be another one of those, I would say, 7 to 10 rebounding performances from him. So looking at him at 46, absolutely, I think he's in play. Probably prefer Caleb over him, but very, very close. And that is the slate. My mouth is, it feels like a desert right now. Anytime I do a solo podcast with more than like eight games, I don't take many breaths, and I end up feeling like I'm just eating chalk over here. No, you know figuratively uh you know i will be eating some chalk on the slate but you get what i'm saying as far as our game let's get to it two players from each tier because i am riding solo for that expensive tier we'll be looking at bradley beal at 10-5 just love what beal's doing playing the point guard position now like i said keep an eye on that starting lineup if we have it uh which we should it's one of the first games of the night Raul Neto may find himself a starter, in which case Raul Neto would be a, in play as value. It's also his first game back. so. But at 10-5 in this matchup, it's picture perfect for Beal. I absolutely love it. So I'll be having me some Bradley Beal. I'll continue to ride that train. Uh, and then for the second guy I will be looking at, it would probably be Giannis Antetokounmpo at 11-6. Dantric trailing just a little bit behind him. Uh, I just like the matchup better for Giannis. No. Golden State's defense has been elite all season long. If the Mavs have any chance to stay in that game, though, it will be because Donchick has a big one. Uh, In the mid-tier, so anything under AK, you probably know where I'm going to go with a couple of these guys. I mentioned a ton of centers. So I don't think I'm going to switch anything up just yet. I'm going to continue to go back to that center well, uh, and we're going to talk about a few of these guys. So I think Christian Wood at 6200 If we know there's no sort of punishment or restriction or anything like that, 6200 is way too cheap for Christian Wood. Sign me up. Absolutely, I will have plenty of shares of them. Uh, I'll I want the news, but even if I don't have it, I'll still take the chance in a few spots over there. Uh, I want to go to his counterpart as well, but I won't give two of the Rockets players in this one. So we'll go into a, a a little bit of a different route, I guess you could say. Although I do think both those guys have tremendous upside, and I think a lot of people might be scared off of them. Which just giving them the opportunity to have a lower ownership, it's just more boom for us. It's just that simple. If they're going to be low owned. It's they're they're criminally underpriced at this point, so we can definitely take advantage of that. But uh, I guess we'll go. We can go Anthony Simons at 53 for everything I just said about probably being underweight on. It. It's just the dude's going to shoot bottom line. I mean, we just saw him come out and take 21 shot attempts only at seven assists. He's not necessarily a traditional point guard, more of a combo guard. So don't expect high uh, expect high assist totals, but it gets you exposure to that late game. Certainly. For value. Anything under 5K, we'll go Caleb Martin. Looking at him over there in Miami, knowing that there's no Jimmy Butler. 4,500. Feel very safe and secure. And then if we know Whiteside plays and Gobert sits, he would probably easily be one of my favorite value plays at 3,500. Uh, but I'll give another quick caveat one right there just because we just don't know. We're not going to have that kind of information handy. Uh, and it might be a guy like Danilo Gallinari at 42. Not as safe in cash as he should be uh but knowing that there's pretty much no one else to play this power forward position at the moment outside of him played big minutes in that last one there's always the chance that like trey young ends up sitting and if that's the case he'll have plenty of shot attempts available so i think it's a good bounce back spot for gallinari and i think at 4200 that is a rock solid price tag it was between him and damian jones Uh, i think both those guys are great options but that is it that is the entire slate guys. so as always, we always always appreciate you tuning in with us and listening. Uh, things have been hectic for me, so I do apologize uh, if you if you've been in the Discord and I'm jumping in there a little bit later than I'd like sometimes. And it's just been a crazy one of those crazy uh, New Year's so far with work and everything else. Uh, it's been needless to say, kicking my ass. But we're gonna give out our thrive. Well, I say our like I got somebody else on here would be my thrive fantasy picks of the night as well uh, a lot of good options i think you know big game obviously we're gonna have a lot of studs to choose from i think a pretty easy under might be looking at kyrie irving at 37 and a half for the points rebounds and assists just don't know exactly what kind of workload he's gonna see in his first game of the season if they limit him then i think it's a good opportunity for uh for that under to hit obviously there's risk associated with it though because he ends up coming out here and playing thirty-two minutes. Uh, He could could probably get that pretty easily. The other one I'll look at is going to be for 115 points. It's going to be Giannis, 12 and a half rebounds. I think it's a tough total to hit. It's not going to be the easiest total for Giannis to hit, but I think he's got a good chance of doing it uh, against this Toronto team. It's the 115 and a half points that really entices me. And he's averaging 11 and a half rebounds. So it's saying, you know, get me that one more rebound than you normally get on your average and you give me that big boost That's what I like to see. So those are going to be my two Thrive Fantasy picks. Give me a follow on Twitter, at MikeApatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us a thumbs up, five-star. Subscribe wherever you are listening, whether it's YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, Do they even call it iTunes anymore? Apple? Uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you might be. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. It means a lot. Still doing the contest, where if you do, give us a five-star rating and leave a comment. You screenshot it. You go on Twitter. You tag me in it. First, 10 people that do that will be uh, in a drawing where I'll pick two people who receive memorabilia for their favorite basketball team. I got some good stuff I'm willing to give away, guys. So, you know, if you haven't jumped on that yet, what are you waiting for? It takes you two seconds. Go take your, uh, maybe you did it, go take your significant other's phone, your parents' phone, whatever it might be. Get it in there. You can even throw two entries in, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't even fault you. But we'll be back tomorrow. It'll be Harris and myself, we'll be crushing that wonderful Thursday slate for you guys. As always, take care, and let's go crush some tournaments.